Kia ora, I'm Tim McCready and this is Too Much Talk, a podcast from Onihanga FM. Way back in 1893, Elizabeth Yates became mayor of Onihanga and the first female mayor in the British Empire. She famously said, There is in both borough councils and in parliament too a great deal too much talk. Over the coming weeks, we'll be cutting through the talk and chatting with candidates and commentators ahead of the local body election about their vision for Onihanga and the surrounding suburbs. In this episode of Too Much Talk, we have our first panel discussion where my two guests dissect the councillor-candidate interviews we have heard over the past three episodes on the podcast and share their thoughts and insights on what was said. Our two panellists are Rachel Sturgis, who is the editor of Onihanga Community News, the monthly magazine that is delivered to 16,000 homes and businesses all over Mangere Bridge, Onihanga, Hillsborough and surrounding suburbs. And Jessica Gregory, who is a long-time resident of Onihanga, went through schools in the area and has worked in both Onihanga and Royal Oak. I've invited her onto the panel after receiving feedback on some of the councillor candidates through social media. Do keep those messages coming in. Tēnā korua, Jess and Rachel. Thank you very much for being here on our first panel discussion on Onihanga FM. Hi, it's great to be here. Great to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Um, now, we've just finished listening to our uh, three prospective councillor councillors, the councillor candidates. I wondered if I could maybe ask you what your biggest surprise or a noteworthy point uh, that really stood out um, for you from the last three uh, candidates that we've heard. Jess, maybe do you want to go first? Um, I think I loved that John gave some much needed love to Royal Oak Mall. I think that is his, one of his favourite highlights of the whole area. <laughs> Um, as someone who's worked in Royal Oak yeah, that Mall, was, that was good. Um, I know it doesn't get a lot of positive love, um, and I thought that was really, really great for him to mention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, Rachel, how about you? Um, I was actually, yeah, John as well. You know, he was he was just so enthusiastic about One Tree Hill, One Tree Hill, and Onihanga and Royal Oak, and um, I just thought he gave, he gave it a really good rap. He seems to know it really well, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, if you live near that park, you you start you get to know it quite well. For me, I I think yeah. um, Troy Troy dropping the fact that he, that he bought a basketball team without telling his wife about it kind of stood out to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I also wondered who you thought came across as the best politician, and by that I mean maybe uh, pivoted from a question or avoided a question. Was there anyone that stood out, or do you think everyone was pretty upfront about what I asked them? I would say that I thought Troy was the best politician. Yeah. in terms of being quite um, uh, authentic but and polished, if that makes mm. sense. And mm. that's not, not a negative us. thing to say. Yes. I think, no, no. Um, I think, yeah, he was the one that stood out to me. And that's, you know, no negativity on uh, Josephine and, um, and John. You know, mm. it's just that Troy seemed to sort of stand out the most. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think he stayed... The pretty, most pretty on message, yeah. So he was answering the questions, but mm. he always managed to bring it back to what he really wanted to talk about and the point that he wanted to make. Mm-hmm. So it was very, um, yeah, like it was quite polished in that way. Mm. One of the one of the things that I put to all three candidates is um, is the issue of climate change, and I guess we can't really get yeah. get past the fact that it's really affecting the world right now. You just have to look at the heat yeah. waves this summer in Europe and the UK, and and the flooding in Pakistan just recently has been really awful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you make of the responses that we got back from them? I thought they well, they were all supportive. You know, yeah. they were all recognised that there needed to be some action, 
Um, and I thought that was really good. You know, um, whatever political spectrum they came from, they all mm. said, yeah, you know, um, I think it was John that said maybe not have the targeted rate and mm. have some yeah. sort of um, some other sort of system. But basically, they all said, yeah, this needs to be addressed. That was my understanding. Anyway. That was interesting, wasn't it? Did you think the same? Jess? Yeah, yeah, I did. I thought that it was good that they acknowledged it. I didn't hear as much in terms of like proper action on how they would help drive that. There was lots of understanding that, yes, we need to encourage public transport use and stuff. I also know that there's limits to what they can do at like um, as like a council councillor level. Um, I would have been nicer to hear them sort of be a little more aggressive about that, perhaps, like in terms of what they like in terms of platform. Um, but I think it was nice that they acknowledge that it was important because I think that if you speak to all the people in the in our community it's something that's going to be affecting all of them as well Mm. yeah and I think that's where we're at with that sort of climate change recognition if everyone's going oh god it's terrible and everybody knows it's really awful I mean even people that are kind of denying it know that there's not good going on yeah Mm. but how you know it all seems too enormous and I think even politicians are finding that, like, what can we do? Yeah. What can we do to make it less, you know, to bring down the sort of the, the heat, as it were? Yeah. And especially when everyone wants to do something about it, but they don't necessarily want to pay for it, right? Yeah. That's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the challenge that all of our <laughs> yeah. politicians yeah. are grappling with. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, one thing I found really interesting, we heard from Josephine Bartley, who is, of course, our incumbent councillor, who mentioned um, yeah. that the one thing she's quite proud of in her time as a councillor is how hard it is to turn the councilship around uh she said it's you know it's going in one direction with its agenda and she was able to make a change around covid and and the lockdowns which yeah. was one of her highlights yeah. that kind of stood out to me as one of the differences there between someone who's who's got the job and is in the job and understands how difficult it can be to turn uh that ship around um yeah and, versus the people that are trying to get the job and you know come out there with all these ambitious goals that they want to uh they want to change and things they want to do what did you make of that yeah. do you think that understanding of being a councillor uh was was evident with those other candidates uh i think troy because he's he's been on the local board the oraki local board so he must definitely have a, an inkling of what it's like mm. well more than an inkling um i think john uh John, no, because he hasn't sort of been in local politics or on council. Um, But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think sometimes you need people to come in and be kind of disruptors. Mm. Mm. John made that point. He was saying how ideally, like, he'd love to see a council board full of independence because it's going to really shake things up. Mm. Um, He did mention that, like, you do... Some, like, you know, it's about communicating and that a lot of the work needs to be done outside of the boardroom, so to speak. Um, but I don't know if either Troy or John really understand how hard it is to move a ship as big as the council. Um, yeah. You know, like, I think it's great. I think it's like, the, you know, the enthusiasm is a wonderful thing. But I think Josephine was like, yeah, like, it's, going to take a long time and you are going to have to work with people that you might not necessarily agree with and there's going to have to be some trade-off um you know and I think that Mm. it's also you do have to understand that it's different from being on a business board it's it's like you're working for something that's a lot different because you're talking about not just the things that you want 
for your area, but you've got to deal with, there are 19 other counsellors who are doing exactly the same thing. You know, you mm. can't just... Yeah, use, and then the mayor, right? Yeah, and the mayor, exactly. <clears throat> so you're going to have to <clears throat> understand that, like, there's going to have to be some give and take, and it's not always going to be discussing or working on things that you find important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the other things that sort of came up uh, or that I asked about specifically with everyone was crime prevention. And just to remind everybody that's mm. listening, Josephine called for more youth support to prevent some of the crimes taking place uh, with younger people, yeah. as well as being stronger around guns um, from a central government perspective. Uh, Troy wants council to bring in better lighting to make people feel safe, especially around the train station, uh, work with AT to get bollards in more quickly. And John talked about trees overgrowing streetlights and uh mentioned that Mongakeke Tamaki has some of the darkest streets in all of Auckland. And I just wondered, um, given you both spend uh, quite a bit of time in Onihanga, do you feel safe in Onihanga right now? And um, who impressed you with their responses there? Um, Josephine impressed me because yeah. she's on the ground and she, she actually knows, you know, she does a lot of work with people directly. And um, I was talking to a, a local policeman Oh, about two or three weeks ago and we were sort of saying it was amidst all the ram raids and we said to him look why is this why is this happening now and he said well his theory is that a lot of these young people fell through the fell through the um the cracks mm. during covid when the support agencies weren't able to catch up with them right um and so so that's the police saying that and that's josephine saying that so there must be an element well say must be an element but you think yeah. two quite sort of um, in the know um, sort of agencies, if you like, um, are correct. So she, I think she's on the money, really. Yeah, that's interesting. Honest. That's a really good perspective to get from you. Yeah, uh, Jess, what about you? Um, I actually thought Troy was uh, quite on point with that. Um, like I know from having uh, used the park and ride at the train station, um, it's such a small car park. So the overflow into the surrounding areas and surrounding streets is, is quite a lot. So you see a lot of people, once you leave the safety of the station precinct, it actually gets quite dark and um, it can be a little bit sort of like you can be quite isolated. Um, so I think he made a really good point in regards to that. Like, I think that Josephine's point about making sure that you're addressing like the core sort of point of these issues and addressing and kind of catching mm. these, especially for the young people. But, you know, there's also a, a place, I know that people don't like spending any extra money on it, but there's a place for the more CCTV and the better lighting. And, mm. you know, like, I think mm. you have to sort of look at how you build your communities when you are building things like that. We're talking like infrastructure and stuff like that. Like, how can you ensure that kind of degree of safety? I think overall, I think like Troy was kind of on the money on that. And I think a lot of people who use that uh, public transport, mm. the train station, are mm. walking through town by themselves, they'd probably feel the same way. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Rachel? Because you're based uh, in, on Onihanga Mall Road in terms of your workplace. How safe does that feel uh, during the day? Uh, sometimes it's a bit dodgy. <laughs> you mm. know, you do get, yeah. you do get people um, wandering around. It's a very different vibe there to what it is at the weekend. Um, yeah. So the weekend you get all the residents and it's a really different mix. But during the week, you do get quite a lot of people that um, I don't know where they come from, but I don't think they come from money hunger. And some of them are sort of suffering, you know, mental health issues or they haven't taken the medication. They're shouting at people. Right. And um, mm. it, I've never. Well, put it like this. If I'm on my own in the office, I lock the front door. Yeah. 
So, yeah. and it's not because I'm terrified, but I just think, well, I'm a sitting duck here. You know, if somebody who hasn't taken their meds today comes in and gets upset, mm. you know, here I am sitting at my desk. So yeah. it's, people like it because it's gritty, <laughs> but at times it's a little bit too gritty. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, during no. the week, during the week. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I probably don't spend too much time there during the week. It's more the weekend. So that's an interesting, interesting take. Yeah, um, it's a very different thing. Yeah, I I thought it was interesting, um, just to change topic completely, but I thought it was interesting when uh, John Peebles mentioned that one of the reasons he was motivated to get into local politics was because of his criticism of groups of candidates, like people voting for all yeah. communities and residents or voting all yeah. Labour um, on a ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said he wants to get independents involved and mentioned a few running that he thinks would give the best council we've ever had. I don't know if you've got any take on this, but his claim about people voting for a ticket, so voting for you know a councillor and then the local board candidates that are uh, all uh, on that ticket, do you think that's a fair point? Is that is that how you think people approach yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. I don't know about a lot, but I'd say more than half anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that partly it also has to do with um, conversations like this, like maybe people haven't really spoken to individuals about what like their, you know, like you still look at someone like John, like his big thing is around rates, you know, like that is a, a single issue. There will be not necessarily um, a group of candidates that will stand behind that, but that's his key single issue. Um, yeah. And I think that there are going to be a lot of people who are perhaps like not overly impressed with like the whole package of a group of candidates, but I definitely like, right, this situation with my rates bill, like this guy, I like what he's talking about. And so I think, you know, I think it's probably Mm. like if I would say it's more likely a 50-50 split because I think that Mm. all of us are passionate Mm. about one thing. Is it the trains? Is it climate change? Is it our rates? Is it safety on our streets? Like, what are those things that are those single issues that are really going to connect to the people in the community? And they're the things that, like, you know, you only find out from going out and talking to them or giving a platform like this for people to find out what those those single issues are. That is one of our hopes from this is that people can actually get to know the people behind the the names in the the booklet and on the form a little bit better because I think often that's all you've kind of got to go on, right? So so hopefully that's, that's what we're doing. Um, uh, just to, I wanted to move on to the the quick fire round that we had because that was that's kind of you know one of my favourite parts of the podcast. And I asked I asked each candidate when they last used public transport and rode a bike yeah. in Auckland. Um, and Josephine's response was to get to the interview uh, because she knew yeah. she'd be asked about it. Uh, Troy said a couple of weeks ago he took the train into the city, and John couldn't say probably a couple of years ago because it's not convenient or feasible for the things that he needs to get to. <laughs> Were any of those answers good enough from a councillor? Probably not. <laughs> but, 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 the, but the thing is, but the but the thing is, is that the the frequency and the convenience of public transport just unless you're going from the feeder suburbs into central city, it's yeah. it's not good. So yeah. we all, well, personally, you know, I'm a great advocate for like you know getting on public transport and and um, riding my bike, but actually I don't do it because because it's inconvenient mm-hmm. and um, I'm scared of riding my bike because of the roads and the traffic. I used to ride my bike quite a lot. So, so it's not good enough, but I completely understand why. And at least they were honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what Josephine said, it took her 45 minutes instead of 10 minutes yeah. or something to get to the yeah. interview. Right. So yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think yeah. too, like I use public transport every single day. It's my main means of getting to and from work um, and, and getting around yeah. um, everything. And like, it wasn't a great answer. It's not the answer you want to hear, but it also is very reflective of what our challenges can be every single day. And like Josephine made the point that they like discontinued one of the bus services and it's one of the more important ones. And like, you're absolutely right. That now means that what should be quite a quick connection is now going to be two buses and a train. And then now you've got to change your train over if you're trying to get into the central city. And so, you know, mm. it's not the answer that we want to hear. We want to hear that it was smooth and no. perfect and everyone should use it. And it was great. But I think also, actually, do you know what? It was completely honest. Like sometimes yeah. there are places you've got to go. Am I like to John's point? It's going to take you four hours to get there, and like you know, all the best of intentions, <laughs> but like really, I can't waste like spend four hours on my Saturday trying to get to a place. Um, so I think that I think it highlights the importance of having like really top quality working public transport. Um, mm. But I think it was also like yeah, it was really honest. I mean, it was uncomfortable, but I think it was honest. <laughs> Yeah, and and I guess on that, the support for fares free public transport was kind of interesting. Uh, Josephine thought it should be free yeah. uh, for yeah. everyone. Troy didn't support it, but said that there should be more effort in educating people to you to get on public transport. And John, uh, I think he supported free, or at least having he mentioned possibly a nominal fee that people pay pay to give access. But I think that yeah. the key point there, from what you're saying, is actually the services need to be good enough to get people on it, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, what, one thing that I found really interesting was asking who each candidate supports for mayor. And uh, just to remind everyone, Josephine said FSO Collins. Mm -hmm. uh, Troy said, I'm supporting Viv Beck at this moment in time. Uh, John <laughs> said uh, he supports Wayne Brown, someone who he has known and worked for. Who do you think gave the yeah. most convincing response there? Oh, <laughs> When you say convincing, I mean, what, you mean to say sort of... Uh, well, what did, you make of, what did you make of their responses? How, how did you... Ah. Any, any reflections on what they said? Uh, well, Josephine, I know she supports Afiso, you know, and they, yeah. you know, so yes. And um, I think they were kind of true to form, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So John, yeah. John was very outspoken and, and independent. And Wayne Brown is like that too. I've never heard him speak, but apparently mm. he's a, he's a, I saw something that he said he was a rough diamond or something as a yes. politician yes. and speaks his mind. And yeah. um, Josephine supports Afiso. Um you know they've worked together for years i think yeah. so yeah so, so no surprises there responses were no no and big yeah. back going center right you know um communities and residents and uh troy same so yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i think it probably possibly would have been more surprising if they said something other than that right <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i agree completely i think that josephine kind of gave a much more thought out answer like in terms of not just this is someone i know or I'm doing this, you know, like with Troy, it was like, you know, at this moment in time, <laughs> little vague. Um, mm, yeah. but, <laughs> um, but I think she kind of, uh, Josephine made the point that, you know, it was around like the policy and the way FSO is working with the community and the accessibility. So I think like there seemed mm. to be a little more, it wasn't just this is the same person on the same side as the political spectrum for me, but this is somebody who I genuinely will get behind and support. She backed it up. Yeah. And yeah. although that said, I guess it was the quick fire round. So maybe the others were, um, were following yeah. the rules a little bit more. Uh, Josephine. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, good, good point. 
Um, just a final couple of questions. I wanted to ask, um, we're having the, the mayoral candidates up next and then the local board candidates. Um, and I just wondered, it'd be great to just hear what kind of issues you think would be important to ask each of them about if there's anything that's sort of uh, that you think's pressing from your perspective. I would say... Probably none of them. I'm asking you to do my job for me here, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was going to say there wasn't a huge talk around infrastructure. Uh, Infrastructure of all kinds is a massive problem, especially in Auckland, because Auckland is growing so much. And no one, I I mean, um, there was a very brief mention of Three Waters funding um, with John, but no one touched Three Waters like at all I understand why they wouldn't um but I think that if you are talking to mayoral candidates like really talking around what is this like what are we doing for infrastructure because we're building tons we're sprawling out do our, like is our current roading network going to be able to support all of these extra people our like water and electricity infrastructure like there was nothing mentioned and I know that they're local so it might not be something that they would discuss. But I think if we're getting to mayoral candidates, I would like to hear them talking a bit more about like infrastructure and what they consider to be important underneath that. It's mm, mm. a good one. Yeah. Mm. Any thoughts? From and mine, mine would be, um, well, mine is, I think it would be like, not so much with Josephine, but the other two, you know, and some of the, well, the, with the mayoral candidates I've heard, it's like, well, we'll do this. You know, it's going to be free public transport. It's going to be, we want this. Yeah. We're going to stop light rail. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, this is all, it is all going to cost money. And um, I, I kind of get John's kind of approach, that macro approach to balancing the books. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just all going to cost so much money. And I think we need a really good public transport system. We need much, much better infrastructure to support the growing mm. population. At this point in time, nobody's really going, well, if we have this, we can't have this. Yeah. I don't think anybody's ever said that, actually. Maybe <laughs> no one's taking emergency- anything away, right? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Yeah. no maybe during the emergency budget, when they had the emergency budget, you know, just after COVID 2020, yes. and they were saying, well, we've got to, we, we can't have this and we can't have that and we can't have that. And I thought that was actually great the way they did yeah. that you know they, they pointed out what we could and couldn't have and and um it was an emergency so maybe they were just forced to be a bit more transparent transparency mm. is yeah yeah that's, that's great that's a really interesting point because i think um mm. during covid i guess it was accepted by the public that things needed to change pretty rapidly right yeah. whereas now they're running they're you know they're campaigning to be voted in no one wants to say we're going to pull this or we're not going to do that right <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah. a good uh, yeah it's a really good point um, I will certainly put that to them. Uh, any anything from either of you for the local board candidates? You can leave that entirely yeah. up to me. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think the local board members on the um, Mangakirkir side are very um, are very onto what's going on locally and what yeah. they want to happen for Anihanga. Mm. Um, I would say, especially Debbie, is uh, extremely passionate and, and talks really well to it and she knows her stuff um so it would you know that they, they, they genuinely want the best for any hunger you know that yeah. they're not sort of they're pretty transparent about what they want for any hunger yeah. and they know they know the issues yeah I, I think it'll be really interesting to talk to them because um i think at the moment the well at the moment the entire uh local board subdivision for monga keke is communities and residents uh yes uh, as incumbents uh and i know that um 
that it does swing around a little bit. It swings back and forth. So it'll be be interesting to see um, to see what everyone has to say there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, the previous ones were independents. The previous right. board, quite a right. few. Uh, so, gosh, pre. 2017 something like that they were all independents the three of them the Mangakikia ones so um to this day I still don't know what their political persuasion is yeah you know they just they they, they were just in it just saying this is what we want to do you know so yeah it's definitely it's, yeah one, one to watch for sure it's not a done deal I don't think no um, yeah Okay, well, I wanted I wanted to conclude by asking you the same question that I ask everybody that's on the podcast, and that is uh, your favorite place in Onihanga. And I think um, uh, just to re- I, I'll just remind everyone what because I think it's quite interesting what everyone said. So Josephine uh, said the Onihanga Lagoon, uh, mm. Troy said the Good Home, although I think that was partly uh, under peer pressure with one of the local board members that own it. Uh, <laughs> and John Peebles, just as you mentioned, said Royal Oak Mall <laughs> and Onihanga Mall. Uh, which was a surprising, well, the Royal Oak Mall, surprising choice. Um, but I'll finish yeah, with that question for each of you. What is your favorite place in Onihanga and why do you love it? Uh, so mine, because I've thought about this when they were giving their responses, and, I, <laughs> and mine is actually Onihanga Mall. I just love walking up Onihanga Mall and just seeing the trees and all the, the banners and seeing all the different shops and all the people sitting outside the cafes. And there's just so many different types sitting outside the, the cafes. It's young mums with kids and it's old people and it's people having a ciggy outside. And it's, yeah. you know, I just, I love the, I love the, the, the just the, a vibrant is an overused word, but it really yeah. is a vibrant place, you know. I mean, not on a grey, rainy day, obviously, but it's, <laughs> it's it's just such a cool place. And then when you look up the mall from the bottom and you see One Tree Hill, hmm. you know, Mangakirkir at the top, it's just a, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, I remember you saying it's a well-kept secret. Hmm. Yeah. Vibrant with a little mix of grittiness, right? It's just that, that, yeah. that perfect yeah. balance, maybe. Yeah. Um, with the perfect, yeah. yeah. The odd mad person jumping out at you every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It keeps you on your toes. Jess, uh, yeah. how about you? Oh, see, mine's not nearly as romantic. I feel a little disappointed, but I was thinking when I was listening to the candidates talk, like no one mentioned Ollie's. Like, I know that technically it's Royal Oak and not only Hunger, but Ollie's is like nearly 50 years old. Haven't we all, like, it's an institution. Like, I, so for me, I like have such fond memories. Like, it was our second day after we first moved to Auckland, we went to Ollie's and it's been like a part of my childhood. So I was like, for me, if we like, no, no, technically not only Hunger, but my vote stands with Ollie's for sure. Yeah, I think we'll allow that. It's like it's on the it's on the border. We'll, we'll yeah, allow that one. It's on the border. Yeah, yeah. yeah. here we go. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, uh, Jess and Rachel, thanks so much for being with us here today. It's been great to have you on the panel. Thank you so much Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and your neighbours, and make sure to connect with me on social media. I'm Tim underscore McCready on both Twitter and Instagram, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks also to my producer, Josh Couch, who dreamed up Onihanga FM to bring hyper-local content to the residents of Onihanga and surrounding suburbs. I'll be back with the next episode soon. And don't forget to vote. Voting closes on the 8th of October. Listener.